Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they're free. Josh Fisher, Alexander DeSopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. We're here. We're live on YouTube with Believe, but we're also here for 1090. 1090 fans, go follow us at the.charity.stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore or follow our individual accounts. I'm J-A-P-H-I-S-E-R, J Fisher, uh, Nikki Snacks. If you want to throw your Instagram, uh, t- Twitter handle out. You do it for them. You're a good speller. Me? Nikki yeah. Snacks? No, it's no my Twitter. What is, what is your Twitter handle? I don't know it, off the top of my head. It's at Nick underscore Kreider. Nice. K-R-E-I-D-A-R. Yeah, no, there's no A in there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> toss you. What's yours, Toss? I don't know y'all's mine's, Twitter handle off the top of my head. Mine's at Toss.0. <laughs> no, at <laughs> Toss.0, T-A-S-S-P-O-I-N-T-O-H. Nice, that Toss.0. I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, great, guys. Interesting vibes in baseball these days. We've been very happy with baseball, the way it's been presented. Nick, I don't know if you've seen the new Padres City Connect uniforms yet, but they've released it. Puke? I think they're so ugly. I don't think they're that bad, to be honest. I think they're so ugly. They have been leaked, yes. So technically, it's not official. Uh, Actually, one of the Believe hosts, Borna Nazari, uh, hosts the believe in chargers podcast with lorenzo neal go check it out if you're a chargers fan still in san diego um but he also does hog hog watch on youtube and on twitter the san diego padres on twitter dm'd him back and basically said can you please take that down uh these these are still under embargo so it seems like it's someone official um that those are the uniforms but i just don't like how many colors are in it like the fact that it's it's mismatching colors too on each sleeve, like it's teal on one side, pink pink on another. Like the font itself is cool, but I don't understand the yellow, the pink, the teal. It's just I just feel like it's like a a cheap candy bar from like Tijuana or something. Okay, wow, that's interesting. Uh, I. I feel like I'm the, the thing that I'm finding with a lot of these City Connect uniforms, I need to be explained as to why these are the City Connect uniforms. They're very abstract, some of them. Makes no sense. Some of them are like very hit or miss. Like I know I, people I like, like I like the Brew Crew one. That one's cool. Yeah, but that was just like a change in color. I people like the Red Sox one. I'm not obsessed with it, honestly. I don't really love it. I think it's very too different. Don't they have like a reason behind like when they have the official release, they say this is why the jersey is yeah. what it is? Yeah, we're gonna do, do we we don't know yet, right? For the for the Padres. No, I also don't I also don't like this staggered release where like each team like has a release every two weeks or every month or so. Like, why don't we all just release these jerseys and uniforms all together at once? Uh, like the NBA does. I mean, the NBA yeah. does it, and they change it every year. I mean, the NBA then runs into the problem. There's so many different uniforms, you know? Yeah, but that's cool. I don't know. I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of options. And 
Well, with the with the MLB now has a problem of once they do it one at a time, if it's not good, then it's a huge flop because all eyes are on that one uniform. Whereas like yeah. the Angel, the Angels one, I thought was pretty slick. It was simple, you know. I like a cream colored uni, and I thought the font was cool, and I just thought the release was nice. I I want to see the Padres uniform on a player before I've only seen it in photos. I need to see it like 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 on the table, like hunched over a chair. Sure. I like agree. It lazily placed. I want to see it like on an athlete. I'm, I'm really curious to see what the Yankees are going to do because they're such a traditional team. Like they've only had the pinstripes their entire time. What are they going to end up doing? What if they made the pinstripes like a centimeter thicker and like that was it? That'd be kind of sweet. That'd be kind of sweet. Yeah. What are you going to say, T? Or just no pinstripes? Well, I, <laughs> I feel like it, it reminds me a little bit of like the Miami Heat Vice jerseys but yeah they, they pick but they pick one color though right and that's the that's the thing you're talking about nick it's like it's like the mitch ma- mix matched colors like across the logo that it, your eye like doesn't know what to do it doesn't know what color it is i'm colorblind too so like i'm having a hard time even pinpointing what colors are going on on the jersey it, it just uh i saw a lot of people throwing out that it was it seemed like it was thematically inspired by the new Barbie movie that's uh that's looming with Ryan Gosling and and Margot Robbie which Josh you've been all over that on Twitter I thought that it's going to inspire a lot of Halloween costumes I think that Margot Robbie and I'll die on this hill is the most beautiful woman on the planet and I think there's no one better service to play Ken than maybe the most likable actor on the planet in Ryan Gosling or one of I think that movie has all the make. Am I going to go see it? Am I allowed to go see it in theaters? Like, what is like the rate? I don't know what the. You have a daughter? Is. No, I don't. Is it like a bar? Is it is it Barbie Barbie? Like, okay, like we're. I don't know. We, we I don't haven't know. really seen like, the storyline or the synopsis yet. So or or it comes out. Or is it like dark Barbie? Like, you know what I'm saying? Is it like Batman for kids? Or is, I think oh, is, it, is I, it Barbie rated R? Yeah, like does Barbie have a drug issue? No, I don't think it's rated R. I think it's. Do you guys remember uh, Life Size with Tyra Banks? That was a Disney movie when we were growing up. For where sure, she's yeah, like she's the doll that comes to life. I think it's kind of like that, where like Barbie, Barbie from the Barbie universe gets thrown into uh, the, world as, the world as we know it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of wow. funny. That is- Barbie gets thrown into the MCU, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and she and then has got, to. Yeah, she's, she's got to deal with stuff. Yeah, her and Rocket Raccoon team up. It's a. It's a nice one-two punch. <laughs> what a cross world. Rocket Raccoon needs his own spinoff. Is he getting that? Is that happening? I don't think so. Such a probably missed not. opportunity. That's a missed opportunity. It's probably Cooper, too. I, mean, I feel like people forget that. Um, I do want to talk about missed opportunities, though. I have a couple missed opportunities. Missed opportunity, I guess, number one. Big thing in the news this week, Freddie Freeman's tearful return to Atlanta. And it wasn't just the emotions of him being back. It would seem like he was upset that he was no longer with the team when he was presented his World Series ring. He fired his agent, Casey Close. Now it's come. Doug Gottlieb's tweeted out that Casey had a final offer from the Braves and then didn't present it to Freddie. And then it's also now come out that that's not true and that Doug Gottlieb is spreading falsehoods and that coming from Casey's camp. And they're looking into legal action on that part. So all this turmoil and drama there's a couple things i want to say on it first one yes it would be very unfortunate if this if it was the case that casey didn't present freddie with the final contract offer 
that would be a that would be a major hoodwink and clear cause for firing. I can't that, imagine that happened. I can't imagine that happened either. Like this guy has represented some of the biggest baseball players in the game and all time. He's, yeah, he's been an agent for like over thirty years. Freddie Freeman, great guy, it seems great player, probably a Hall of Famer. Did so many th- great things for the Braves organization. Won a World Series as their best player with Acuna down. Tough thing to do. If he wanted to remain a Brave, he would have remained a Brave. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted to be a Brave your entire life, you would have been a Brave. You would have cut the $30 million or whatever difference. Yeah. You would have been a Brave. And we're acting like the only middleman between Freddie Freeman and the Braves is Casey Close. Like, you don't have a relationship with the GM or the ownership. You've been playing there your entire career. You don't have their phone numbers. Like, yeah. they, they can't text you. I mean, it just seems kind of far-fetched that that's the case. I just think that there was probably some, you know, he he, he felt FOMO, right? Like, oh, gosh, like, I'm, I'm missing out on the Braves, you know, that I used to know. Or not FOMO, but, like, you know, when you, when you like, leave your girlfriend and, like, you you see your, your, your ex-girlfriend at the bar and she's looking super hot, you're like, damn, I shouldn't have left her. That's kind of how he felt. And so he probably felt that Casey Close didn't do his job enough to persuade him to stay or get the best offer possible. I don't think what Gottlieb said was true at all. Yeah, I think I would find that pretty far-fetched as well. I do think it's – and it's definitely unfortunate. Like, I mean, Matt Olsen isn't hitting 300, but he's having a very solid season, leading the league in doubles. He plays great defense, uh, great defensive first base. Uh, And it kind of replaced him. And they haven't really. I mean, they. Oh, okay. They have the World Series. Kind of. They kind of replaced him. I mean, what Matt Olson's a Matt Olson's a a guy that could be an All Star at first base. Not this year, probably, but he could be an All Star player at first base. He's younger. Again, plays very strong defense, and he could hit. That's and a they have different. Than the, that's a little different than the guy for the last two years. We've been saying is a top three MVP candidate, though. Yeah, I mean, but he it's, won the MVP. He won the MVP, but it's not like. Look, it's not like they've slotted in Joe Schmo there. They've slotted in a guy who's very reputable. Yeah. Like, I, okay. I, I see what you mean in the young part, and he's got a great glove. But, like, come on. He's hitting 256 right now, and Freddie Freeman's hitting 308. He's, Freddie Freeman almost has a full one war over him right now. Yeah, but Matt Olson's still having a very good season. He's an all-star level player. It's not like, again, like, it's not like they just let him go for nothing, and they brought think- in he's. You think Olsen's going to make the, the all-star team this year? Not this year, but he was, all, he was an all-star last year. He had 39 home runs last year, 111 RBIs. He's a two-time gold glove winner. He's like a really good baseball player. He's only 29. I, I agree he's a great baseball player, but it's kind of – Freddie Freeman's not a replaceable guy unless you're going clo- out and getting that's like why I said kind. That's why I said kind of replaced him. I didn't say they fully replaced him. They kind of. It was, it was, it was a good – they did the best they could to replace him. And was I think it a better replacement him. than Verdugo for Betts? Not even close. What? No way. Betts is Betts is better. The gap between Betts and Verdugo is way bigger than the gap between Olsen and Freeman. I think Verdugo only- will never be an All Star. I'd be shocked. Betts is irreplaceable unless it's Mike Trout. Betts <laughs> is a even, better. It, yeah. And even then, like Mike Trout has his injury woes too. So. Yeah. Well, Betts is now hurt. He'll be back next week, I think. Betts is a better player than Freeman is. He's a five well, not player. By, not by a lot, but he definitely is a better player. I think, I, I think, I think by a lot. I think just his versatility to be able to do everything on the field makes him a better player. I mean, Freddie's a really good hitter. He swipes bags too for a first baseman. I mean, he's not the fielder that Mookie is. He's he's not a better player, but I think that 
again, if we're talking two top ten guys. Yeah, both on know, the same team. Both on the same team. But they have three they have three top ten. They have three top ten guys on their team. The Dodgers do. Hey, and the Padres are sniffing their butt. They are. Padres are right there. I mean, it's the Dodgers Bueller being out hurts and he wasn't strong to begin with. Their bullpen, like Kimbrell has been shaky. They lost another reliever to an ACL tear recently. I mean, the Dodgers, Turner and Muncie have been kind of abysmal at the point compared to previous years. Justin and, Turner. Trey Turner has been playing great. Yeah, Justin Turner. I mean, yeah, Trey Turner's again, Trey Turner is the top 10 player I was referencing. Uh, I mean, their one through three is phenomenal, but once you get into that second, and then Will Smith is really strong. The second half of that lineup uh, could present strong some right issues. Hand. Yeah. They should they they may have to go out and make a move. They like and the DH having a DH helps, but they may be in a position where they have to go out and make a trade for another bat. Oh, they will um, definitely. There, I don't think we're gonna see a, a MLB trade deadline in the next like ten years where the Dodgers don't make a move. Yeah, everyone has to make. Some, I mean, you're gonna see Josh. I don't know where Josh Bell is gonna go, but you'll see Josh Bell get moved. Oh, for sure. This deadline, for sure. Frankie you'll, Montas. You'll, you'll see some some Orioles get moved, too. I mean, all three of their outfielders definitely could get moved. Yeah, yeah. I, like, don't hate this iterate. I mean, Cedric Mullins maybe more so, but I really think Austin Hayes is a good baseball player. Oh, he's great. I mean, I think he commands the most out of all of those guys. Yeah. It and just Santander. But Santander hasn't been very great early in his career, so I think he's cheaper. He's just having a great season right now. Someone's yeah. going to pay for him, though. I'm just curious about the Orioles in general. I think they have, you know, to get into the nitty gritty of it, they had a, one of the top prospects they have is Grayson Rodriguez, who's now out for the year as a pitcher. But Rushman has been excellent in his time up. Mm-hmm. He's really, he's there's a lot of, I mean, Nick, we were having the conversation the other day about how it's flat from like NL had a lot of strong young players. Now there's a lot of, weirdly enough, a lot of strong AL players. Um, in the mix, Riley Green. I mean, it's a small sample size, but Bobby Witt, Rushman, Julio Rodriguez, three guys that were top prospects, have been awesome. I mean, Julio Rodriguez is like the next guy. Yeah, I might make an All Star game. Should be an All Star. Should be an All Star. He's practically leading the league in steals. He was, and then John Birdie for the uh, Marlins just steals like three bases a game out of nowhere. Uh, well, here's one thing I want to touch on. You know, later in the first segment, well, I was watching ESPN and. There was an analyst, you know, we won't name names, but there's an analyst that got on and he was talking name about names. name names, mad dog. And I don't particularly like him. I think he's very nostalgic based versus logic based. And he's talking about how the Yankees are going to not let judge go for the home run record. If he's got a shot at it. I mean, Aaron judge literally an hour later, homered in his face. Thou, they're not going to let judge go for the home run record how he how it's you know bad for baseball that he's not in the home run derby and two parts here one completely illogical because think about the ticket sales the yankees would reap how expensive those tickets would be to get to the game for people to watch Aaron Judge try to break the whole, try to break Roger Maris's home run record is what he was saying because right. he's not counting Barry Bonds first off and first month. let's let's leave it at that. Okay. Um, so sixty one is the number to beat. That he, yeah, sixty one is the number to beat. First of all, for anyone to even go sixty plus is incredible. We haven't seen that in decades. So the ticket sales for those you know for the the prices for those tickets would be astronomical. 
And him suggesting that the Yankees would balk at that and sit Aaron Judge makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever because if you're going in the playoffs, you do not want a guy who's cooled off. You want a guy that's staying hot, right? Like, yeah, he's still got to get his reps. You still want to win games too. I mean, they, they're definitely going to be going for their own record of the most wins in regular season. They want that record, hundred percent. Like, and the Homer Derby is like one. Yeah, Trout, Judge, and these guys. Yeah, being I don't care about the Homer Derby. But you, you get, look, it's eight slots or something, and you'll get a solid eight players. There's a one of the Dodgers has to do it, I think, because that's yeah, no, for sure. That's in L.A. You have it's to. in L.A. So look, even if Bellinger's not the same type player he is, he's still like like an A-list celebrity amongst baseball players. He's still mm-hmm. a draw. So you'll get Bellinger to do it. Alonzo's definitely going to do it. You'll get guys to come in and do the home run derby who are viable options. Um, but I think that any suggestion of the Yankees shutting down Aaron Judge is comical. And I didn't like that because – on another level, if you have a big platform and you love the game of baseball, especially with the way it is now after such a disastrous 2020, a strong rebound last year, and uh, we felt, despite all the injuries of the superstars, a very strong 2022, you should be using your platform to create positivity and engage the young audience, especially on like a show like First Take, where people are, it's a very basketball heavy show. So you're, it's a, the, the audience is a bit younger. People are watching for Stephen A. Smith, who wasn't on there, but it's a chance to bring in new eyes to baseball and pump it up. Again, like we had the debate in our show about Shohei Otani, who I said it was the greatest player in sports that I've seen. There was pushback, there were some arguments. Last night he struck out eleven guys. The night before he had a home run. If he goes for if he goes if he goes for one hundred and eighty strikeouts and has a hundred RBIs, I mean, like I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. But that should be the highlight on that should be the highlight on first take, not this like blasphemous to quote one of the first take guys, high crazy hypothesis that probably won't happen. Well, that's three months down the line. That's the problem with some of the ESPN personalities, though, is they're they. They'd fish for controversy. They want people to get riled up like how you're getting riled up right now and take it to social media and, and continue the conversation. Their, yeah, continue the conversation, have their voices heard. So, I mean, that's just what he's made his living off of doing. And it's unfortunate that's kind of where sports analysts go now, but that's unfortunately what it goes viral, you know, and what sparks conversation. This is also what happens when the Yankees are good, though. It's the same thing with LeBron and basketball. It's when there's, and there, the thing is, to your point, Josh, there's other stuff to be talking about. For but sure. But when we feel like there's nothing to be talking about, we lean into, or the, you know, the major sports shows lean into the things that they know they can talk about that will garner a lot of attention, like what Nick's saying. And when the Yankees are good, that's the Yankees, right? And their best player right now is Aaron Judge. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense why they're talking about him. But I, I feel like, you know, we're not even at the all-star break. There's so much baseball left to play. Yeah. And there's I I was for looking all, at – uh, yeah, go ahead, Nick. For all we know, the Yankees can go on a skid. They could lose 10 games in a row and be back out of the race. I'm not – they're going to be in the race, but, like, they'll need to play Judge. 
We're yeah. so early in the season. That's why I wanted to ask if you go to betonline.ag, use the promo code believe, you can get 50% off your welcome bonus. Right now, the over under on wins for the Yankees is 104 and a half games. What do you guys think about that? Oh, over. Over. Over, 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 over. How can you not take the over? That's free money. Yeah, it's, I mean, Jesus. They are, I, I, I anticipate a little slowdown from Nestor Cortez, but like, you still got Cole. Clay Holmes has been a revelation. Rizzo's been awesome. I mean, this team is super sound. I mean, even Stanton, who's like not hitting that that well, is still clobbering home runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a guy potentially hitting 60 home runs. The fact that we can even have this discussion is awesome. We're talking about a team, even I hate the Yankees, but when the Yankees are good from a baseball perspective, it's best for the sport. We're the Cherry Shop, Josh Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. More NBA talk coming your way. We're back once again. It's the Charity Stripe Pitcher Free Throws because they're free. Josh Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, San Diego Zone. Nikki Snacks, Kreider. He's San Diego Zone, but he may not be wearing San Diego's own City Connect jerseys. We'll see. They might look good on you, Nick. I was thinking, I know we touched on it last segment, one little thing I want to say on it because I was looking at my hat wall, which has been a topic of conversation of sorts. And Toss <laughs> brought up Toss brought up the Miami Vice heat. I have two Miami Vice hats actually. One is teal mainly with a little pink, and one's pink with a little teal. And those are two colors. I think had they just gotten rid of the yellow and just done the teal on the pink, we'd be in a different situation. Too many D's in the D is what I will say on that note. Without getting a, without elaborating that, I think we all know what I mean. I think that's what I'll say on that note. We want to talk NBA. We will talk NBA. It's one of the biggest NBA days of the year as far as offseason goes. But we just received the text message that there's rumors going around that UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten as early as 2024. So even before our Texas Longhorns would go to the SEC, we received that from uh, one of our team members that believe. Um our head honcho. He he let us know that. It was a tweet from John Wilner. He didn't, he didn't let us know. It was a very cryptic text. It was a very much a, a text of like, I I know something that you don't know, so I'm going to tell you that something's coming, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> well, the tweet and, just went live at 10.23 a.m. Pacific yeah. time. USC, UCLA are planning to leave the Big Ten as early as 2024. Move has not been not finalized at the highest level of power. Um, rest in peace, Pac-12. Yeah, I mean they're they're done. What do you? What do they just like combine forces with the Big Twelve now? Some of their teams, like they take, like the Oregon, you know, they take Washington, they take the Zona schools, combine with the Big Twelve. Tell some of the other Big Twelve schools to go to the ACC. They make the big pack. That's what that's what I'm calling it. The big pack. <laughs> big, pack. Uh, big pack. I like the that. family pack. Family pack. Uh, the the value yeah, pack. take take value the pack. best teams Literally. from from the pack and take the best teams from the Big Twelve and put them together in a conference and let the other ones figure it out. But I I think that if you do take the best teams outside of USC, UCLA, Texas, and OU, that's a good conference. Yeah, that's a that's well, a conference that's still a power five to me. There's no longer the conference of champions. Well, there's a couple of things here. They've got the Pac-12 network still. So I feel like they need to at least fill the void and keep the Pac-12 together. 
they're probably going to end up picking up teams that are, you know, in Mountain West or or independent, right? Like San mm-hmm. Diego State is a prime candidate for joining the Pac-12 now. Prime yeah. candidate, you know? BYU, who was rumored to go to the Big 12 after Texas and OU leaves, they might be a candidate now as well. So, I mean, there's definitely some teams that could be vying for those spots. That Nevada. They could yeah, Nevada. Boise State. UNLV. Boise was a, was a really good Boise State one. would be great. It, honestly, Boise State and San Diego State would be, probably be the ideal, too. I mean, because they, they both have good football programs, yeah, decent basketball programs, good basketball program in San Diego State's case. And the I think the basketball program would be elevated by joining the Pac-12 as well. Oh, I definitely. think their back their basketball program would rise to the occasion. I, is Bill Walton going to chain himself to the school? Like, are we about to see one of these things happen? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> like, he's, a Bill, Pac, he's a Pac-12 guy now. He has to go to the Big Ten. They can't. They can't do this to Bill. They cannot do this while Bill Walton's alive. This yeah. is criminal. I mean, that's really interesting. Like UCLA has so much history with this conference, especially on the basketball side of things, for so long. Then yeah, just, I mean, money talks. I guess that's that's the bottom line, right? Cash is king. Yeah, I mean, look, Texas is like Southwest, Big Twelve, SEC. It's like you know, whatever. We are people expect us to have three or four wives. One, one of our we other look at the Pac twelve. Yeah, one of our other coworkers said he goes, "This is Texas's fault," and you know where he went to undergrad, where? Mizzou. So I don't know what he's talking about because they moved first. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, wanna, I don't want to point the finger. I don't want to like Spider Man meme this thing, but like. They moved before anyone else did. The school's also, honestly, in comparison to our school and from a football perspective, and maybe now even a basketball perspective, like they may, they may get a – I mean, they have good athletes coming out of Missouri, but they're pretty irrelevant when it comes to Texas, OU, USC, and UCLA. They don't have close to the same draw. No. You know, not even close. So him no, being like – a nice our, like late 2000s stint where like their football team and basketball team were both good at the same yeah, time. Yeah. They had a couple like big recruits come in. It was exciting for a little while. They had that I, one year where their basketball team was sweet and then absolutely blew it. I think March. with UCLA and with USC and just the Pac-12 in general, so many people are stuck with the old traditions of the Pac-12 and how UCLA has dominated, you know, in the years past. And, but the Pac-12 has been so obsolete within the last few years. Mm-hmm. Traditions are good until they're obsolete. So it's time to write some new traditions for that program and for the Pac-12 in general because the viewership sucked. The, the competitiveness sucked. Mm-hmm. They were never getting any love. I mean, mm-hmm. out of the Power Five conferences, they were definitely the lowest on the totem pole, in my opinion. For sure, yeah. So for a program like USC... I think it, it definitely means more to them to move for football reasons, but for basketball, I mean, yeah, UCLA needs to go and go to a better conference. It raises the pedigree of UCLA too, I think, because they play definitely. better competition. They'll I, get be- they'll get better recruits for football too. Yeah, for sure. I, I, it's it's interesting though. I mean, I guess like Wisconsin's pretty far west, like, but that's like the far. I mean, that's I don't know. I'm ge- geography. Ain't my thing per se. Nebraska, maybe. Yeah, like they're like, all kind of middle of middle of the United States. But think about from if you're you know playing in Pasadena or downtown LA, how many people are going to show up to those games when Wisconsin, when Michigan, when Ohio State roll through? 
It's going to be packed crowds. The city's going to be buzzing with all those fans. They're going to spend on hotels. Like it just, it makes sense all across the board, you know, from, from a monetary standpoint, it's the same thing with, with Texas. And, you know, we, we get a taste of it with Alabama this year, but it's going to be, I mean, every single team that comes and gets, comes to Austin and gets to play us. Like we saw it when we were in school, when Ole Miss played us, it was crazy. We, We saw it last year when UT traveled to Fayetteville and played Arkansas, like, when you have, you know, the two of the top 15 programs playing each other and you have that like six times during the season, if not more, that's exciting football for sure. It's exciting top tier NCAA football right there. Yeah, I mean, it's a situation where like you're saying Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, these are major money programs as well. Like even Michigan State has like Michigan State and UCLA are kind of like the same to me. So Look even how much those Michigan two, State just paid their their coach. Yeah, I mean it's. I think this is a good move, honestly, with the way everything's trending. I'm curious to see what happens with the ACC next because the ACC is so strong basketball wise, but football wise, like Florida State and Miami have ways to go. Like yeah, Texas is is in that same realm, and USC is in that same realm as Miami was as program as awesome programs that have deflated. But USC and Texas have pretty much revitalized themselves in every column but the win column. So Miami really still is, I would say, a year or two behind, maybe longer. I don't know if they can capitalize on the recruits in the NIL the way Texas has. They've now started to with the quarterback they signed in 2023. But I'm curious to see what happens now with the ACC because they're going to have to make a move. Do they die on the basketball hill and talk to Kansas and see, hey, maybe the Big 12 are getting some guys there and they're going at Kansas for the ACC? That would be an interesting play by them. Potential. Kansas, Duke, and UNC would be pretty nuts. Uh, we're talking basketball now. Solid transition. We can work our way in there. Crazy trade that happened yesterday. Obviously, free agency starts today. Who knows what's going to happen? I would say a couple surprising moves was the Spurs – were the Hawks not giving up John Collins, the Jante Murray deal? I would say a surprise was Harden declining his forty-seven point one million dollar option yeah. after Kyrie opted in, after Russ opted in, declining it so he could restructure a contract that better suits the team to go out and get more guys. It's looking like we don't know what's going to happen yet, but maybe one of those guys is PJ Tucker, who I can't fathom giving a three-year, ten million dollar plus contract to a thirty-seven-year-old guy who's just decent, but hey, that's me. Uh, but I thought that was pretty surprising well, out of Harden's camp. So you're saying that we believe that Harden stays with Philly? Yes. Yeah, he's not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, I agree. The interesting thing is, well, they are going to, it's worth noting, they are most likely going to lose Matisse Thibel, in which case you do need to add a wing defender. And that's what P. Tucker does. And he's a better corner three shooter than Matisse Thibel. He's a better three-point shooter in general than Matisse Thibel is. So even just from a floor spacing, stick him out there. You know, like, there will be games where he scores zero points, but there were games where Matisse Thibel scored zero points too and mm-hmm. wasn't even a threat to hit a shot. So they got DeAnthony Melton, a little bit more, you know, room if Harden takes that pay cut to then you know, sign a couple of veteran guys, maybe a guy on veteran minimum, guy on the mid-level exception. Like, now this... Philadelphia roster looks pretty solid. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that I think they they're already taking a positive step forward. The interesting thing will will be to see if Tobias Harris stays with them because I've heard him 
rumored potentially to be in a trade, maybe like a swap for Harrison Barnes, um, which look Harrison Barnes might be as good a player, if not better than Tobias Harris on any, on any given night, despite sure. the contracts say um, the contracts would say otherwise that Tobias is an all-star level player, but of course he's not. Um, mm. But I, I don't know. I think if I'm a Philly fan, I'm, I'm uh, maybe tabling some of the hatred that I normally have instilled within me and, uh, and, and feeling pretty optimistic about this. If you're an NBA fan, you should table some of your hatred for James Harden because when push comes to shove, he's now, we'll see what the contract is. I mean, if it's like for 40 million, I'm like, all right, dude, like seven. But if he signs for 35 a year, if he drops that like $12 million like budget on his, on his own, which quite frankly, with all the deals he has and endorsements and investing, like, does it really, really matter unless if he wants to win a ship? Like, I think everyone should drop a little hatred if the contract drops pretty steadily on, on James Harden because at least he's showing that in his later years, it's about winning and not about the money. I think I think it's a it's a very interesting move, a move that shocked me. Or he's just saving face a little bit because he knows that if he opted in, that everyone would be like, "This guy doesn't want to win. He doesn't care about winning. He's never cared about winning. That's not the type of guy he is." And but he does care about winning. Clearly, you don't yeah. think he does? I think no, I no. I'm just saying, like, I think there's other like reasons. I think he does want to win. I think that's why he moved from Brooklyn to Philadelphia. I think he's just been a little bit quick to the trigger on situations where he could have seen or, or felt it out more or been more involved. But it seems like, yeah, maybe in his, in his wisdom, as he ages, he's getting a little bit more involved and he wants to make things happen. Obviously his guy is there too. Daryl Morey and him have a really good relationship. So I'm not surprised that, that this has happened because of their relationship. And he's never played since he was in, um, since he was in Oklahoma city, hasn't played with a guy as, as good as Joel Embiid. He hasn't played with a big man ever. I mean, he was in Brooklyn with, with Kevin Durant, but with all the injuries that occurred, Kyrie not not stepping up like two seasons ago, I'm talking about. Like it just it was far fetched that they were gonna win it all. And he was yeah. dealing with the hamstring injury. So it's interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's peculiar. I, I think that again, like we spoke about it last time. I think we need to give Embiid and Harden a little bit more time. We need to give them an off season. We need to give them a full season together. I, I do have faith in what that duo can do offensively. I, re- I really think they can be super strong. Um, and the DeJounta Murray deal, I mean, the Knicks were in the mix. I know they're going after Jalen Brunson hard, and I think Jalen Brunson's a fine player. And I know they maybe probably didn't want to give up the draft capital, even though they had it to get DeJounta Murray. But to me, Murray is a superior player. He's the superior defender, superior athlete. He's a great facilitator. I think him and Trey Young, I think he spells Trey quite nicely. He doesn't need to have the ball in his hands. He could, though. Like, I I think, and they didn't give up Collins, and they don't necessarily have to. And all of a sudden, we're looking at this Hawks team, and it's Murray, Young, Herter, Hunter, Capella. And then you have a Kongwu, you have Collins. They've just drafted A.J. Griffin. I w- I actually want to see them. I want to see them go for Gobert. I think he's the the proper pairing of Collins and Capella that you could really put in that lineup. And he's an excellent defender. He's pick and roll ready. He can work with Trey. He can work with Dejounte. They can match the salaries to make it happen. The Jazz are looking to to move him and Mitchell. I I would expect. Um, I I don't know. I I would really. I mean, that's a great. That's a great one, two, three punch right there. 
Trey is your is your one, DeJounte is your two, and Gobert is your three. Like that's a great big three. And Collins would have to go on that deal, presumably. That's where he would be yeah. on, on, on the ship yeah. out. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean that's and that and that which would probably but in that in that case, if you trade Gobert for Collins and some, because Collins I mean, monetarily you could work around salaries, but Gobert is a better player than Collins is gonna and, and is 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 gonna command more. So you're gonna have to probably give up Kevin Herter too in that deal, I'd imagine. Which I think he's restricted, so uh, he might he could walk anyway if he wanted to. No so I guarantee that he's coming back. I think that's an interesting play. I like that. I also am curious, even if that deal is made, do they just hang on to Spida and let him ride with this with the couple new guys, you know, at his side with him Conley, or do they try to ship out Spida and just re- and redo the whole thing? And if that's the case. Do you think Dallas could come calling for Mitchell? Do you want no. that? You think no. it's implausible? That's something you're out on. You I don't. Ca- you, you were you were kind of out on him in the playoffs. Yeah, he doesn't defend at all. So I certainly don't want to pair him next to Luca because Luca's not an excellent defender. He's not a great defender. He's a he's at times a, a solid defender and at times a not very good defender because he has to he's, expend so much so much energy on the offensive side. So I certainly want want to put a combo guard that doesn't defend at all next to him that got that for some reasons and people could dig into this like a lot of the reasons why Jalen Brunson is being floated that offer in New York and who knows by this time you're listening to us at night he could have already signed with the Knicks uh a lot of that is because he torched Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs he, he destroyed him um so I, I think that I don't know I just I also I would be afraid of what we have to give up given you know, we've already given up so many picks in that Porzingis deal. We're already low on draft capital. Not and I don't know if we have the players. We lose our depth. We lose some of our depth if we move guys like Dinwiddie and or Hardaway and, and Bertans and Kleba or, or Dorian. If we had to give up Dorian Finney-Smith, that would make me upset because of what he means to our team. So I don't think so. I don't think the, the Mavs are the, the right place for Donovan. But I wouldn't be surprised with the wholesale just Mitchell's out, Gobert's out, complete rebuild. Try and do what the Thunder are doing, which the Spurs are clearly trying to replicate. <clears throat> just a bevy of picks. Um, the interesting thing is, like, Pop is 74, I think. Yeah. Maybe 75. So old. That's, that's, that's old to get into a rebuild, um, unless he just kind of takes a step back and, you know, works for their front office and someone else kind of takes the reins as head coach. But, they have players in place though, because they've kind of been middling. I'm not saying these guys are going to change the franchise, but like I'm curious to see what Josh Primo can do. He was the youngest guy in the league. I don't hate Vassell. I think he's solid. You know, I, they have now a bunch of picks. I'm curious to see how they develop these things, these picks going forward. I, I think the Spurs are, are an interesting team. I think they're a franchise that could turn around a lot quicker. And if Pop is still there, he can draw in veteran guys to come and play for him. I don't think that's that's out of the question. I, I, I would be. I'm really perplexed to see if that go. If Gobert Domino falls first, I my eyes are going to be glued to Twitter and seeing where Donovan Mitchell falls. Um, before we rock and roll, Toss, do you have a message for any of our friends out there who are who are looking yeah. to vamp up their sound? Yeah, just like we're experiencing NBA free agency and the craziness of USC and UCLA moving um, potentially to the Big Big Ten. 
you should experience TV, music, podcasts, and games like never before with Sonos Ray. This new compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of all your entertainment with clear, crisp dialogue and perfectly balanced bass. Just plug in the power cable, connect to your TV, and get set up in the Sonos app within minutes. Before you know it, you have blockbuster sound and streamlined control of content from all your favorite services, especially if you want to go check out Nikki Snacks on SoundCloud. You can bump his tunes as loud as you want. Visit Sonos.com to shop Ray now. Boom. And if you want to go rewatch Game of Thrones... Sonos Ray. That's what me and my girlfriend just started to do last night. She's never seen it before. So really excited uh, to see all of the madness unfold once again before my eyes. How did episode one go? It it went well. She liked it. I I was a little worried that she was going to be thrown off by how many different names and how many different areas there are and stuff. But I walked her through it. She was like, thank God that you were telling me all these names because I would have been so lost. I think that's so helpful. Like just being able to kind of put the pieces together mid-action. Yeah, I, w- I watched an, for the first time with a guy who had read it, who had read the book, so that helped oh, too. Wow. He was like really able to explain without spoiling anything. That's the real kicker is like, has anything been spoiled already for her just because it's been out for so long? No, 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 I don't think so. I don't think she really kept up with it. And I also told her like, when I update you, I'm only gonna be telling you things that are happening in the show that like have already been explained. So. Well, we wish you guys the best of luck on this venture. We're the Charity Stripe. We'll see you guys next time. Fans out there, drag both feet about, swinging a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they're free, and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they are free. Because they are free. We outshow. We love you so damn much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.